I'm eating spaghetti. What's new? I'm gonna have to mute myself occasionally. Hey there, guys and ghouls. You're tuned in to broadcast from the Belfry, a super jazzy podcast for the morbidly curious. That was pretty jazzy. Uh, my name is Sanjay. As I just stated, I don't know if George is going to leave it in or not. I'm eating spaghetti again, so I'm going to be on and off muting my mic. So you don't have to listen to that. If you'd like to, then you can listen to our other podcast, Broadcast from the Mouthful which is just me eating when other things happen. Uh, sitting across the internet, uh, drinking something with a straw, is Georgia. How are you doing today, Georgia? Let me tell you. You know how at Marshall's and TJ Maxx and stuff, they have the food sections and it's always got weird stuff in oh, it? Yeah. Like well, weird I dry got, goods. Yeah. And they have juice and like weird flavored water and stuff sometimes. So I got a passion fruit juice and it's still got pulp in it and seeds but i put rum in it and boy howdy do i feel like i'm <laughs> on a tropical vacation right now nice. george is so over here thinking 30 20 you know just leagues ahead uh sorry yeah. that the last episode we recorded was super laggy i'm saying it's aliens or bears yeah. i don't really trust them recently so um, seems better now. Yeah, it's yeah, it seems great now. So sorry you guys had to listen to that struggle bussy episode, but thank you for listening to it. If you did, if you didn't, now you know that it's super struggle bussy and that it's super laggy, and we didn't know until I guess we knew actively as it was happening, but didn't know how bad it was listen to listen to until we listened back to it. So yeah thank you for that uh finishing introductions on the ones and twos added in a different room that i'm currently in but under the same roof is hope hope how are you doing today i am cold uh but i have some tea so i'm i'm doing okay noise whose tail is next to you right now what cat is that uh, nice but uh, hot dog is what just a is little that? bit out of the frame nice all right uh blessed be hot dog and diamond I hope we'll be fact-checking, looking up general knowledge stuff that we don't know. You know, the usual thing, the usual suspects, which is a movie that I have not seen. (laughs) What are we talking about today, Georgia? Oh, no, wait. Speaking of movies... (laughs) That I haven't uh, seen. I was mostly joking, but also if she actually did this, I would be really happy. Literally, like, what, ten minutes ago... Chrissy posted in the group that she was getting ready to watch Frozen Ground and that she was kind of tipsy and she might yell at Nicolas Cage a lot and I'm here for it. And I, I said, can I ask you to live comment as you watch the movie on this thread because I will poop my pants in happiness if this happens. So who knows? We'll see. Is that the movie that we talked about last time? Where no, this the- is a movie about the serial killer. I think his name is Robert Hansen. And he was in Alaska in the 80s, and he would kidnap the victims and set them free out in the wilderness. 
in Alaska, and then he would hunt them. Oh, so it's like the most so. dangerous game, but Alaska. Yeah. Yep. It's a combination of, uh, what's that show? Ice ice Fishers? Ice Fishermen? It was... Oh, what's oh it? God, where, I don't know. Where they're looking... They're ice Road Truckers. It's like Ice Road Truckers, but it's they're looking for crab instead of deadliest trucking. Catch? Yeah, that's it. It's like Deadliest that's Catch. That's the second time we've referenced Deadliest Catch in 40 episodes. I just want you to know that. Yeah, I mean, thank you. There's Georgia has a big whiteboard in her room, and every time I mention something dumb or, like, hyper-specific, she, like, writes it down, and that way, whenever it's referenced again, we can, like, keep a, like, hyper-geometric uh, kind of, like, scale of these things. I mean, I kind of do have that, but it's a Google Doc, not a whiteboard, so... I mean, same thing. Google's Fun just... Fun fact. Google's a, a ghost... It's my digital whiteboard. You say your dick little whiteboard? I said my digital whiteboard. Oh, wow. It's like, dick little whiteboard sounds like someone I do not want to <laughs> hang out with. They just do not at all. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so... Uh... Nicolas Cage movie, but not the one we referenced last week. Chrissy, do whatever you want, kid. We support you. <laughs> Oh, speaking of Chrissy, though, so a shout out to Chrissy. Uh, she's the realist. She, uh, two years ago from this past week, Hope and I were in Chicago with her to go see Childish Gambino for his last tour. And we went to a deep dish place our last day. And I totally forgot um, that we waited. It took like 45 minutes to an hour for this like deep dish to come out. Totally worth it. Um, we went to Giordano's next to the bean which was like just incredible all around and i forgot that i was waiting for pizza while i was waiting because it took so long and the deep dishes brought out and i just like am like just fallen in love all over again with pizza you know and she took a video of me cutting my piece out in which i say oh yeah that's rated m for mature like as i'm like moving the cheese from the pizza like onto my plate because it's super stringy on account of the quantity of how deep this dish of pizza was so yeah thank you chrissy for reminding me that i said that um in real life in a room full of other people it was great <laughs> great pizza let's go back to chicago hope never talking just, about that today actually just for the live update that she has in fact added two comments to this thread since I said that, and I'm very excited about it. So nice. <laughs> uh, it's going to be some great reading later tonight. You can ask me the question again, and I'll answer you this time. What are we talking about today? Motherfucking Mothman. I thought you were going to say motherfucking nature, and I was like, let's talk about some wilds. Let's <laughs> talk about trees. Let's talk about things I don't trust, like bears. This is anti-bear cast, like, officially. No, we're talking <laughs> no about bears. Mothman. I did kind of give it away when I told you that the fucking Mothman Festival is on my birthday next year, and I requested a podcast road trip to go to it, so. I forgot. No one said anything, and I was just like, oh. I immediately <laughs> forgot. I was doing I something. Know. Honestly, I don't even expect you to respond to me half the time I say anything, or like, half the time I tag you and stuff on Facebook. I'm like, I know you're never actually gonna acknowledge this in your brain, but I, I put it out there for the world to see, and that's all that matters. I don't see it for like two to three weeks, and then I react to everything that I've been tagged yeah. in in that time. Accurate. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah, uh, for those of you who can't see, which is everyone except for the three people in this call, when I said that, Georgia and Hope both just started nodding their heads, like, fairly aggressively, because they are the two that have to deal with it, like, very constantly. But yeah, there's, 
Are you going to talk about the Mothman Festival? Yes. Sweet. Yes, I am. I'm going to start off by saying it's episode 40, so there's that. Hey, happy episode 40. That used to be my lucky number, and then I realized 44 had one more 4 than 40 did, and 44 is my lucky number now. In a few years, 444 will be my lucky number. The sky's the limit, kids. Never stop changing your favorite number. You never know what's going to happen. But yeah, gunshot, gunshot. Episode 40, we're doing it. You know, I scrolled all the way back through our group on Facebook to find the Mothman thing that I posted back in, like, June. And it was something about Mothman being the first cryptid to take a stance on BLM or something. I can't remember, which is why I was looking for it in the first place, because I wanted to talk about it. And it just had one of those, like, this content has been deleted by its owner or whatever, one of those messages. So I scrolled through like four months of our Facebook group for nothing. But I did also respond to uh, something that Tyler said like three months ago that I initially meant to respond to and then totally forgot. So I was like late to the game, but I still did it. So there you go. Well, related to, so this is barely related. One of my friends, Austin, is a streamer. Uh, you can check him out at the Almighty Thorgy. He streams things. His voice sounds a lot like mine. If you like listening to me, you'll probably like listening to him. Um, and our other friend, Kevin, it plays games with Austin a lot. And he also streams, his name is Midnight Artist, I think, on Twitch. I don't know. It's something. He's real handsome, though. So you can also just look him up, Kevin Alejo Morgan. Very handsome man. Uh, go check him out anywhere he posts pictures. And... In the chat for Austin stream, people have, I was told today, because I haven't been in the stream for a while, that people call him God Kevin. And I was like, why? Like, why do they call him God Kevin? And uh, my friend that told me was like, oh, it's because when they're playing games, Austin gets super mad all the time at him. And he said the words, oh my God, Kevin, so many times <laughs> that people have just put a comma after my, and I've just started calling him God, Kevin. Um, and I feel like that's kind of what we are slowly doing with Tyler, where people are just going to assume that like his full <laughs> name is like our number one fan, Tyler. Like that's his fan Tyler. name. Exactly. <laughs> Or Tyler, or uh, shout outs to Tyler is going to be his full name. <laughs> like, first, middle, last. Like, shout outs to, and then Tyler's his last name. So, yeah. <laughs> Just uh, bringing up that that quick fact. <laughs> Accurate. Yeah. yeah, go check out well, God Kevin, whatever you want. And uh, shout outs to Tyler. Speaking of Tyler, he called Mothman the cryptid we need, but not the one we deserve. Ooh. And uh, I think. That's accurate. So we're going to be in West Virginia for most of this episode. That means I want to hear your best hillbilly accent. West Virginia. Have fun with that. Mountain mama. Uh, I feel like I should look at my Texas <laughs> accent. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't really. No, that's uh, Andy Bernard's Savannah accent. Or it's, it just sounds oh like a little bit more like this. You need a little bit more molasses. Uh, you gotta slow down your voice. <laughs> uh, I don't know. What what do hillbillies sound like? My I have family in a virginia probably and i don't even know uh so i just imagine that i'm envisioning myself as a mountain mama like the a mountain that is the mother of a smaller mountain and as such i don't have a voice but uh, much like we learned in pocahontas uh, colors of the wind so you can hear me there 
You ever heard the wolf cry to the blue corn moon? Ask a grinning <laughs> bobcat why he grins. Have you ever uh. seen hear, heard the voices of a mountain? Is that the actual line? Uh, Hope, can you look up the lyrics to Colors of the Wind? <laughs> I think it actually is hear the voice of a mountain, in which case, for once, my tangent actually went full circle, and I, in, like, inadvertently did, like, weave a thread through that. That's the end uh. of the podcast, everybody. How many podcasts do I end in the first ten minutes? It's a lot, right? It's I don't like know, 80%. Today is one of those days where I definitely, sometimes I know that if I don't respond to you, you'll just keep going. And so, Yes, that's true. Oh, hope, oh, tell me the facts. So sometimes I intentionally, like, just sit here and let you keep going. Have you ever heard the wolf cry to the blue corn moon or asked the grinning bobcat why he grinned? Can you sing with all the voices of the mountains? Can you paint with all the colors of the wind? Thank you, Hope. That was close enough for me. Snaps to Sanjay. Everybody, send me your Bitcoin. I've earned it today. We're talking about Mothman. <laughs> That's how you tie we that back We are talking around. about Mothman. Mothman. Well, oh, let me adjust this window real quick. Oh, too far. Okay. Torg is talking about real life windows. Like, she's just, like, moving it up and down. She's just, Pretty like, much. opening and closing it. The first reported sighting of what is now known as Mothman comes from November 12th. 1966 in Clen... How do you say this? Clendenin. There we go. I know how to say it. I can't see it. You're the one with notes. You're telling me. Don't boo me. I I don't know what you want. You're supposed to be on a telepathic wavelength with me. That's how podcasts work. How do you not know this already? I'll be honest. I'm thinking a lot about Pocahontas and spaghetti right now. (laughs) (laughs) Like a lot. I'm picturing Pocahontas, but her hair is spaghetti. That's a beautiful image. Wow. Don't let oh, your dreams boy. be dreams, kids. Some so There's a cryptid for you out there. Mothman yep. may not be the cryptid you need, but somewhere there's a tall lady with macaroni hair, and she'll, she'll fill that void for you. Or Mac- if you're Sanjay, there's a tiny little ugly cryptid who cries all the time. He's just like me. He's so much like me. Everything I read was just a checklist. And I was and like, he dissolves. Oh. What is like he dissolves into a puddle of tears if you mm-hmm. corner him. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that'd be my preferred like escape method too. If I could, he's my favorite Pokemon is Sobble, which I've mentioned here before. <laughs> oh, squonk, the Squonk. Right. Thank you, Hope. Uh, he. Uh, oh, he's so cute. Yeah, like Sobble's my favorite Pokemon because he just cries. And when he cries, he makes other people cry. Like, and I'm just like, that's me, my guy. Yep, we're in a place that you can't pronounce in West Virginia. Yeah, we're in Clendenin, West Virginia. And there's a grave worker doing his thing. A grave worker, a grave digger, Jesus. Grave worker. A grave digger working in a cemetery, thankfully. Uh, <laughs> Any building when... could be a, a place where there's graves if you're creative enough, I guess. That's true. He saw something huge soaring overhead, and he described it as a brown human being. That's, that's all. That's just a racist, which kind of tracks. <laughs> like, <laughs> so descriptive. So descriptive. Uh, a brown human being moving, moving rapidly from tree to tree across the cemetery. Interesting. So... Three days later, in Point Pleasant, which is another town in the same area, 
two couples reported seeing a gray creature. Gray is different from brown. Let's keep in mind. That's true. We're a moving gray in creature a non-racist direction. <laughs> with wings that spanned about 10 feet. It had bright red eyes and it was about seven feet tall. And it stood in front of the car they were all sitting in. So they went out for like, you know, couples date night or whatever. Double date. They get in a car and there's fucking Mothman just standing there like, now what? We're going on a date. Do you have a do you have a lamp in there? You, you, you Can I be your there. fifth wheel? Exactly. They said the creature followed the car to the outskirts of town before it disappeared into a field. And they said it flew really fast, but was a clumsy runner. Let's not judge Mothman on how he runs, okay? He has wings for a reason. Let's see yeah. you run. You would probably be a clumsy runner too, you asshole. Also, but they're like driving at this point, right? Like yeah. they're like actively. So they're not. They're more concerned about the fact that he looks dumb when he's running than the fact that he's yeah. running at sixty miles an hour behind you. You'd look <laughs> dumb if you could run that fast too. Like what? It made me think. So I've been binging Bob's Burgers lately because good uh, the new season starts in a couple weeks. Oh, that's good to know. There's an episode where the school is doing a race and tina and jimmy jr like jimmy jr smack talking tina real hard and she's like okay fine and i mean we all know tina runs really awkwardly because her arms are like at her side and yes. like flopping behind her but jimmy jr's arms are like fucking flailing all over the place and his like legs kick out when he's running <laughs> sideways jj and i was like that's what mothman runs like <laughs> mothman runs like jimmy jr i oh, bet please. But does he dance like Jimmy Jr.? That's the real question. I bet he does. Remind me to go back to that later. I might. So, okay. Eight more sightings were reported within three days. So on November 18th, six days after the, origin the original report, two volunteers were included in these eight sightings. They saw a very large bird with red eyes. And another guy said he suspected that the sightings had something to do with his missing dog, Bandit. Bandit. Because, Save Bandit! Yeah, because Bandit went missing. They were like chilling in his house watching TV and there was some, you know, like weird static interference on the TV. So the guy went outside to, you know, check the antenna or see what was going on outside, whatever. And the dog went with him and he said he saw two red eyes in the field next to his house and his dog just took off running after it and he never saw Bandit again, which mm -hmm. I don't think... Mothman would be malevolent. I think that Bandit was just like, fuck that dude in a shitty TV. I'm going to go hang out with Mothman for the rest of my life. Like, Exactly. Or he's like, yeah. wow, do you think there's like something for me? Do you think that I could either the moth a dog man, but not in a weird way? <laughs> Marcella Bennett was also one of the eight sightings. She was visiting some family with her brother and his wife and her two-year-old daughter as well. This is kind of long, but I'm just going to read this part because... Uh, I think that's the best way to sum it up. That's when they spotted some strange lights in the sky that hovered above the trees. Raymond, the brother, stopped when he got to the bottom of the steps. He tried to get Marcella's attention. She told him that she didn't want to see any lights. He said, no, stop. You've got to look at this. It's not a plane. And she ignored him and began walking to the car, carrying her daughter. Suddenly, a figure stirred in the darkness behind the parked car. She saw the creature out of the corner of her eyes as she was unlocking the door. She first saw a man's legs that looked like they were covered in gray feathers. She did not see any feet. The wings were drawn in towards the body, and the head was tilted sideways. It looked like a bird, but was too big to be a bird. Standing only a few feet away from her was a giant man bird. 
its head shrunken into the shoulder area. She saw no red eyes, but later said that she might have been too frightened to notice. Marcella described the creature as over six feet tall with feathers. It just looks like a giant bird, but yet a man. And it was standing with its shoulders arched and its neck down. She was terrified but unable to run. I just stood there and looked at it, but I couldn't figure out what I was seeing. Her brother saw it, but would not come towards where it was. He and his wife were both very frightened. He kept yelling at Marcella to run, but she was paralyzed by fear. When Marcella finally managed to turn around, she took maybe four steps toward the house before falling to the ground in a state of shock on top of her daughter. She was unable to get up as if in a trance. I just couldn't do what my mind wanted me to do. Marcella had heard the flapping of wings as she was trying to run. After pulling herself together, she picked up her child and ran towards the house. Raymond and his wife were waiting on the steps, and Raymond heard the creature once again flap its wings as Marcella reached them. So they locked themselves in the house, and Mothman's just, like, shuffling around on the porch and trying to open the door and peeping in windows. Mothman, calm down. <laughs> exactly. Mothman should be a family-friendly cryptid. We believe you are a family-friendly cryptid. And they've called the cops, but it takes about 15 to 20 minutes for them to arrive, and by that time, Mothman is gone. And... The police took the report, searched the area with their guns drawn, and they took it seriously because they saw that Marcella was injured when they arrived from when she fell down, I guess. November 27th, 1966, this is a couple weeks later, Connie Carpenter is 18, she's driving home from church, and she sees what, uh, what she describes as... A large man in gray standing on the golf course when suddenly 10-foot wings unfolded and it headed towards her car. She said, Those eyes, they were very red, and once they were fixed on me, I couldn't take my own eyes off of them. It's a wonder I didn't have a wreck. And after she got home, she needed a medical attention because she had something called Klieg conjunctivitis or eye burn. And it made her eyes red, itchy, and swollen and watery for two weeks after she said that she saw Mothman. Gross. But I don't know how that's different from Pink Eye. Maybe her boyfriend just, you know, farted in her face while she was asleep. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, conjunctivitis definitely is just Pink Eye. Like, that's just, like, that's the uh, yeah. Pink Eye sleep gross version of it. But yeah, so no, she definitely just, uh, just looked too strong at Mothman's butthole or something <laughs> and got sick for it. That's not his fault. Move your eyes. Avert yep. your gaze. Don't look at your cat's butthole either. Do not. Don't. It's a, it is a forbidden fruit or forbidden fruit loop. Forbidden poop loop. Um, so those are just a few of the sightings from the, the first wave. Mothman is believed to be a harbinger of doom because of what happened after those first sightings. So it's December 15th, 1967, so about a year after the first report. There's a bridge that connects Point Pleasant to a town in Ohio, uh, I think across the Ohio River. And it was built in 1928 when cars didn't weigh as much and there were a lot less uh, like regulatory policies and procedures to keep infrastructure in check. Mm -hmm. So one of the bars that were integral to the bridge cracked and then that led to a chain snapping which led to the bridge collapsing which led to 46 fatalities and nine injuries okay. so 46 people were drowned or crushed in the collapse 
because this was the second big news story to come out of just a little town in, you know, a year, people kind of connected the two. So, like, Mothman obviously had to have had something to do with the bridge collapse. Naturally. So... <laughs> sorry for sorry for the the giggles. Uh, Diamond is helping with the podcast now, and he, much like any wholesome internet cat would do, like wasn't was out of frame, <laughs> and you just see his nose and his eyes like really close up as he just jams his face against the camera, and then he sat down in front of the camera for a little bit with his whole body, his large side blocking view, and now he's lying down again with his little back spikes. Real he cute. said. Oh, you want to see my butthole? Here you go. Exactly. He's so <laughs> He's frilled so up cute. today. I don't know why. Yeah. It's so cute. He's cold. Maybe. It's warm now. Maybe it takes him some time to adjust. I'm not really sure. I'm no cat physician. Yeah, it's the second big news story, so people connect Mothman to the bridge collapse and think that he brought the doom and then this guy named John Keel shows up. He went a step further and connected the bridge collapse and the Mothman with some reported UFO sightings as well. And that's where the book Mothman Prophecies comes from. He wrote that book in like 75, I think. And people have been on board ever since, especially people who are into conspiracy theories, UFOs, paranormal, cryptids, you know. Mothman Prophecies is, of course, probably what most people are familiar with, the Richard Gere movie. Um, that came out in 2002, and it was supposed to be based upon that book. And that movie apparently revived the idea of Mothman, and especially the belief that he was a harbinger of doom. And I think that that is also what made the festival start up, because that's been going since 2002 as well. Wait, what? So it's this is not the kind of festival I thought. I thought this was like Mardi Gras, not like Midsummer. I feel like there's different. Maybe I have a different okay. context. I will tell you about it later. Okay. Put a pin in it. Okay, I forgot already. Uh, some people think that sightings of Mothman can be connected to Chernobyl's nuclear disaster in 1986 as well as the 2009 outbreak of swine flu and the 2011 uh, nuclear disaster in Fukushima. Mm. Oh, that worked the opposite way. I thought you were saying that Mothman was re like, wasn't responsible for, but was a result of Chernobyl. Like, every, <laughs> as everybody escapes the, the, the factory, as everything's going nuclear, there's one man, one man looking on, knowing that he either has to save the world or lose everything at once. Either way, he knows that he's the only one that can do it. His hands frantically scatter across the keyboard, and as he's about to push the last key, the key to save everybody, he gets distracted by a singular moth. A moth that taps the glass, shattering the reactor. And in that moment, the man is imbued with moth DNA. He grows four feet taller. He grows magnificent wings. And he's, uh, I don't know, like a harbinger of doom or whatever, I guess, at this point. So yeah, that Mothman was, like, created by Chernobyl, which would be absurd. <laughs> Absolutely. Listen. But it's less absurd than thinking that Mothman was created by swine flu, which is very <laughs> absurd. <laughs> All these movies and documentaries that have come out are about how terrifying Mothman is. And I'm not going to lie. I probably don't really want to see him standing 
in the cornfield across the street from my house. But someone should really make a movie where Mothman is like the superhero, but he's not a superhero. He's a cryptid and he still saves the day. Yeah, it would be like Big Hero 6, but instead of Baymax, it's Mothman. So the most popular explanation for the Point Pleasant Mothman is that what people actually saw is a sandhill crane. They can be as tall as an adult man, and they have wingspans of at least seven feet, and they have weird, bare, reddish-colored flesh around their eyes. So it's possible, these people think, that one of them deviated from the migration route or that it lives in this area where... It's called the TNT area, and that's where some World War II uh, munitions manufacturing happened. So they think that there was some toxic seepage into the ground that affected a a nearby wildlife preserve, which resulted in some of the cranes becoming kind of deformed. It makes hope. Can you look up how man bat is created? It sounds like man bat to me, but I know nothing about man bat except that they gross me out. Uh, I don't know what that is, but I'm intrigued. Uh, Man Bat's a DC villain, and Uh yeah, so like, they're a a villain of Batman, so there's Batman and there's Man (laughs) Bat, who is literally, in appearance, just a like, six foot tall, like, humanoid bat, and it's, yeah. So, Mothman. Maybe, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He was injected with bat bland extract which is gross yeah i agree that is gross so that backs up my theory his name is kirk langstrom Mm, thank you sounds gross so maybe that's what mothman was he was injected with moth gland like extract (laughs) and is now just doing his best so other people believe that there's a guy who played a prank to create mothman and he hid out in the tnt area and then after he pieced out People just kept seeing Mothman in, you know, like birds and animals because they were scared of seeing him, maybe. Manifesting their surroundings, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then even more people believe that because he looks like how a demon could possibly look, especially the kinds of demons that are reported by people who experience sleep paralysis, that Mothman is the culmination of all human fears transposed onto a bird or animal. So that's cool. Especially if, you know, you're already freaking out about something. It's dark and you're walking to the car and you're like, what if there's a serial killer hiding under my car in my backseat? Or what if Mothman's in the bushes? Holy shit, Mothman is in the bushes. And then it's just Shia LaBeouf the whole time. <laughs> Offering you some water, though, because he's a nice guy and you look dehydrated based on all the screaming you were doing in fear. <laughs> We're gonna get weird now. So let's do it. Remember when we talked about Men in Black and how creepy they are? Yeah, loosely. And how much I hated it? Okay. That's the main thing I remember. I'm holding that over you. That's the one thing. I'm afraid of so much and you're afraid of so little that I'm like, alright, I gotta remember these things. Yeah, last week I got really paranoid because I'm still recording in our bedroom right now because I don't have a chair at my desk in the room that I set up for my craft room slash studio. Mm -hmm. So I'm still recording in our bedroom and there's a mirror right there. And so I was like, I'm going to talk about Bloody Mary this whole time. And I'm going to say that term 
over and over and over and over and over again and there's a mirror right there and i was trying to go to sleep that night and i was like you're a rational person it's fine (laughs) but the whole time it was like in the back of my mind like oh my god georgia what did you do now like sorry Stu, accidentally invited a demon ghost into our house you know me and he's like georgia you know like very sitcom-esque and that's it pretty much Charles because when I told fine. him that maybe there was a ghost in our bathroom the other day, he just went, mm-hmm, because he's so skeptical about everything. And I was just like, I'm not saying it is a ghost, but I'm not saying it's not a ghost, so. It's, it's, I'm not superstitious, <laughs> but I am a little stitious. <laughs> I'm a little stitious. <laughs> so after all these Mothman reports and then apparently some UFO sightings as well, a lot of reports of Men in Black coming through Point Pleasant started coming out. So in December, just about what was that, a month after those first eight sightings, one of those witnesses, Marcella, the one who was going out to her car with her daughter, she was just driving just outside of town again with her daughter, and she noticed that a car was following her. So she slowed down to let it pass, but it tried to run her off the road, which is just rude. Yeah, honestly. Like, you don't have to. Just don't. <laughs> this <laughs> is unnecessary. Uh, she said the driver looked like they were wearing a big bushy wig. <laughs> I don't know why that fact was in there, but it was. So I, I wanted to mention it. She sped up to get away from the car, but then the car got in front of her and stopped sideways in the road, like, blocking it. Which is super rude now. So this bad bitch tells her daughter to hold on and just floors it. And then the dude is like, nope, nope, nope. (laughs) And he got out of the road and she sped off and she didn't see him again. He wigged out. (laughs) Boo. (laughs) Boo. No. I'm funny. So a month after that, in January of 1967, a reporter, uh, Mary Heyer, was working late at her office. And a guy walks in. She described him as being short like four and a half feet short that's shorter than me for the record only by like an inch or two though he had dark deep set eyes weird thick glasses and weird shoes that added a couple inches to his height wait so he was like four foot one maybe like in reality (laughs) and his voice is described as low and halted he asks mary for directions again i said this a few episodes ago a man would never do this, so it's a terrible ruse, aliens. Like, get your shit together. She got creeped out by the fact that he didn't blink and just seemed to stare at her the whole time he was talking. So she called in a co-worker to, like, come and help her with the directions, you know? Mm-hmm. And at some point, her phone rings, so she goes to answer it while the other person is talking to him. And she said that the guy just picked up a ballpoint pen from her desk, like he's never seen one before, and then just runs out of the building laughing hysterically and stealing the pen. What? It's the little things in life that make you happy, you know? Yeah, like looting. Like, <laughs> for a pen. Like that's... Looting pens. Yeah, I guess I actually like looting pens. I had a conversation about that last night. I've taken you, a lot of pens you... from Panera Bread. <laughs> Do you steal them at the bank? Because no. that feels extra hard because, you know, you're like, have to break the chain and everything. No, I so I don't steal pens from servers because that's their pen most of the time. 
Like, they personally get their own pins and have to, like, trust that you're going to, like, not destroy it or put it up your butt or whatever people do with (laughs) service pens. I don't steal them from banks because there's a chain there and I'm not strong enough to break it. And maybe, oh, and most stores because I don't want to get shot by security guards because I'm stealing a pen. (laughs) Because we live in the United States of America in 2020. Bum, 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 bum. So, yeah. But I will steal the shit out of a pen from everywhere else. Don't leave your pens around me, kids. I'll loot your pens. And I'll replace them with other things later that you don't need or want. You're going to have a tiny bag of raisinets. You're going to have a sculpture of a horse tap dancing. You're you're not going to know where they came from. But I'll know. They came from me. And my friend Mothman. Me and my friend Mothman. <laughs> A month after that, in February 1967, a good year. Connie, who was the one that was driving home from church and got that pink eye, she was walking to school and a car pulled up beside her. Again, a man asked for directions. And again, I call bullshit. <laughs> she said he had neatly combed hair and a deep suntan. When she got close enough to the car to talk to him, he ordered her to get in and tried to pull her into the car. She's like, No, thanks. I don't see any candy in your car, so I'm gonna pass. That's what I would say. Uh, So she, like, runs away, and her shirt sleeve is ripped in the process from where he was, like, trying to grab her. Mm -hmm. But she runs back to her house, and then the next day she gets a note that just says, Be careful, girl. I can get you yet. I would move if I got that, because it was a note, like, slipped under the door at her house. I would move. 100%. 100%. Mom and dad, we gotta go. Like, we're out of here. What if she wrote a note and slid it out the door that said, Hi, who is this? Or, I think <laughs> you have the wrong address. Do you think that, like, the guy would, like, write back? Or do you think he would just, like, show up and be like, I know, it's you. And she wouldn't answer. Because she's the same person. There's a, like, there's a lot of, like, play here. I feel like there's a lot of ways this could have gone. I hope... I hope that they would pass notes back and forth, and I hope that they would get to a point where they were folded up like those notes that you pass in high school. You know, the special way to fold it? Do you know how to do that? But also, then at that point, then they start looking forward to each other's messages, and it's less of a fear thing, more of like a a giddy expectation, and they become best friends. This is the romance factor in the Mothman movie that we're going to make. Yeah, this is true. If you steal our ideas, I will sue the shit out of you. Podcast <laughs> listeners, I know what intellectual property rights are. That's one of the four things that I know a lot about for some reason. <laughs> so do not steal my Mothman <laughs> ideas. I will kill you in court. Not literally. This murder's bad. But... I wish Stu was not in the garage, because I drank all my drink already. A few months go by, it's May now, and we're back with Mary, the reporter and uh, victim of pen thievery. And she sees the same short guy again, on the street this time, and he's wearing the same weird shoes. (laughs) And he starts freaking out, because she's, she's like, oh, it's that guy. And she's already been researching, like, UFO sightings and Mothman, whatever weird shit's been happening in town. And so she starts heading towards him, you know, all... You know how I walk towards someone when I'm pissed off at them? She probably looked like that. Yeah, that's her. Short but fury. (laughs) So he freaks out and jumps in a car that just kind of comes around the corner out of nowhere. And then the car disappears, drives off into the sunset, whatever. Three nights later, 
she said she was getting home. It was kind of late. She had been at like meetings all night and everything. And she's opening her, getting her keys out, you know, unlocking her doors and stuff. Another car pulls up and a different man gets out, takes a picture with a flash so bright that it left her disoriented and then drives off, which is apparently a men in black phenomenon called a phantom photographer. If you become a supervillain, can you please make this one of your features? I think it's appropriate. I think it's pretty sick. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a that's a thing. We can put that in the movie somehow, you know. Uh, uh, maybe that's the end. Actually, the like, there's going to be a lot of questions, so we'll have like a false sense of resolution around like the third act. I don't. I think there's four acts in movies, so around like the third act, and then at the end of the actual movie, like at the end of the fourth act, everything's Gucci, and then like car pulls up and like disorienting flash. Yeah, like we as like as the main character get disorientingly flashed. And then, like, fade that sounds like something different. No, with a trench coat involved. I don't know what you're talking about. This is the only way that this could possibly be. So fast forward to December now. Still with Mary, she's back at her office working. It's been a week since the bridge collapsed, and that's still like the big thing that's taking up the news. Two different men walk into her office. They are not interested in the bridge at all. They just want to know about any recent UFO reports. And she hands them a folder that's got some, like, you know, clippings or whatever in it, information about the UFO sightings. Mm -hmm. And they don't really seem that interested, even though that's what they ask for. And so they ask her what she would do if she were ordered to stop writing about UFOs. And she's like, down with the oppression of corporate America. I'll do it anyway. Heck yeah. Whatever they said in the 60s. And she goes back to working and she looks up again and they've disappeared. Later that afternoon, this other dude comes in and he apparently has really black eyes, long fingers, and an oddly knotted tie. And he calls himself Jack Brown. I just picture his tie like actually just being tied in a knot, you know? like Yeah, like it's like you know <laughs> that you're supposed to wear it around your neck and you know what the name of it is. So you're trying to do a human thing. Like he's like <laughs> yep. just like jumping to conclusions and is trying to blend in, but like is not. This is the tie of the of the, the guy passing notes in the movie. He asks her the same things and she's like, are you with those first two guys? And he goes, no, those guys are idiots. I mean... What other guys? There are no guys here. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not with anyone. And then he starts asking all these questions about John Keel, who was the guy that wrote the book. Where he was, where did they see aliens, where did any of the sightings happen, Uh, can she take him to any of the locations where the reports came from? And she's like, no, dude, I'm going home. You're weird. Go around town yourself if you really want to see this stuff. So he kind of does that, but in the creepiest way possible, because he goes to visit the other witnesses, like including some of the ones that we've talked about, mm-hmm. and says that he's now, he he says he's a friend of Mary's. I, we have different definitions of friendship, but okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> they said, the witnesses that he talked to said that he didn't seem to know how to work the tape recorder that he took with him to record the interviews. And he only really wanted to ask questions about Mary and John, not actually about Mothman or the UFOs. John Keel, going back to him, first of all, we talked about how um, that Bender guy coined the term Men in Black in the episode that we did on that. But I guess John here was the one who 
really populated it into, uh, you know, like the lingo when he wrote this Mothman book. So that's kind of cool. Secondly, John, you know, he could wait for the Men in Black to show up and be weird at him, but that's not what he does. Instead, he has local police in several towns looking for Men in Black and letting him know of any potential visits that are reported by people. He, if he's staying at a hotel, he tells people that he goes to interview or whatever to call him at the hotel and tell him that they see them. And then he just like rushes off to try and catch them, which I guess he's never successful at. I mean, it could be a different story entirely if he was. Once he started writing about the Men in Black and the fact that they were mainly seen in Cadillacs, all of a sudden they started driving Volkswagens. And if anyone did get a license plate number, the police couldn't find any evidence that it actually existed or was related to any vehicle. And then there was also a mysterious woman who would go back to the people he'd already interviewed and say, even the ones that he didn't end up writing about, somehow she knew that he'd interviewed them anyway. And she would say that he was a secretary and she would have a clipboard with these filled out questionnaires and information about them, like their medical history, income, family background, what kind of cars they drive, and tons of information about like whatever they reported seeing. And John is like, I have no idea who that is. So don't talk to her. And he didn't find out about her for months until someone like brought it up to him. Oh, yeah, your secretary was here. I don't have a secretary. Yeah. It's like, oh, she's a criminal. Uh, She's trying to steal your identity. And maybe more than that. Pass. So that's all in 1966-67. Fast forwarding to 2017, there are 55 reported sightings of Mothman in Chicago. Was it actual Mothman or was it just another brown figure? Because there are <laughs> there are brown people in Chicago. Quite a few, at least 15 I've heard. Well, this guy named Lon Strickler collected all the sightings and he put them on his website. It's called like Phantoms of Monsters or something like that. And he also wrote a book. This guy's in the, been in the biz for a while. He says he's seen both Mothman and Bigfoot. So oh. what a lucky dude. Yeah, I guess. So Strickler kind of has a lot to say on the subject. He says that these sightings are historical because of the fact that they're happening in an urban environment. Get a hot dog. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we got hot dogs also helping the podcast now. He's he's upset that his brother got to help and he didn't. So yeah, because of the fact they're happening in an urban environment and because there are so many of them in such a short period of time. And he says that there must be at least three individual creatures based on where the sightings happened and because of slight variations in the description of the creature. Which, like, in 1966, one person said it was brown and one person said it was gray. Is that a slight variation in the description of a creature that may or may not exist? I don't think it's enough to say that there are individual creatures. Yeah, I would agree. I don't think there's a moth family. And <laughs> they're just like in this in different episodes of the sitcom, they change fur. Or like, Mama Moth has brown fur and Papa Moth has gray fur or whatever. <laughs> no. Moth Mom. <laughs> moth Mom. I don't know why, but I heard that in like Batman theme. No, 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 no. Moth Mom. Don't steal our ideas. <laughs> we'll st- I would like to read that we will sue you. Yep. I, have, I have a team of lawyers at the ready. 
Strickler does not believe that there are Harbingers of Doom. If it was the Harbinger of Doom in Chicago in 2017, I feel like that was too late. It should have showed up in 2016 and been like, yo, Trump's about to win. Move to Canada. <laughs> like, now. Go. <laughs> that is not a Harbinger of Doom, my friend. No, not at all. <laughs> so there's this other guy who is a psychologist at the University of Chicago. His name's David... It could be Gallo. I don't really know. He does his research with memory and how people remember things. And he specifically focuses on the difference between paranormal believers and skeptics, which sounds really cool to research. Mm -hmm. And he says that part of the reason people think they see something paranormal is because they already believe that it's possible. So again, kind of manifesting your environment. If you already believe that it's a possibility you're more likely to see something. And his example was like, if the news is reporting sightings of UFOs, more likely, more people are likely to be thinking about UFOs and then more likely to experience something they think is a UFO. That makes sense. When it's actually just a bird with the frisbee stuck to the like top of it, like via some gum. <laughs> yeah. That's about all I got on that stuff. Mothman Museum exists. It's in Point Pleasant. And it houses the largest collection of props and memorabilia for the Mothman Prophecies movie. I went to one of those museums in Astoria in Oregon, except it was the Goonies, not Mothman. It was pretty fun. Nice. The museum is, you know, in the beginning of the movie, like the Fratellis are doing their jailbreak. Mm -mm, I've never seen the Goonies. What the fuck is wrong with you? Hot dog. Dot hog. <laughs> It's the same reason why I haven't seen the Titanic. Yeah. I've, that I've, should be Stu's website. Hold on. Dot hog. Got it. That, yeah. <laughs> Coffee roasting dot hog. That's it. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, very disappointed that you haven't tried to watch it again. It's one of the best movies ever made. You got little Sean Astin as a little asthmatic shithead. And he's adorable. Oh, I'm watching Superstore right now and they reference it. And uh, Jonah actually explains the plot of the Goonies to Amy. And I feel like I gained a lot from that experience. So you could say that I've kind of watched the Goonies. It's, it's Also, it's like the end of season two, maybe. The episode of Bob's Burgers where they have the treasure map. And it looks like a butt with the three turds coming out of it. The treasure is all the candy, I think. But It's called like, the episode's called like the Belchies, I think. But it's a total rip off the Goonies. Anyway... I went to a story. That's what I did for my 27th birthday, I think. Yeah, we went to the museum. We went to Cannon Beach, which is like where the movie ends. Haystack Rock is there. Anyway, the point is uh, the Fratellis break out of jail at the beginning. And the jail that they used to film that is now where the museum is. So, oh, nice. yeah. Brief frozen ground update. I haven't read the comments, but... Chrissy is still going, and I am very happy. I also see there's pictures of 50 Cent that I am extremely excited to get context for. I am I would also like context for this. <laughs> I think he's in the movie, oh, I'm that, assuming. That makes, more, that makes an amount of sense, actually. It doesn't make more any... I guess any amount is more than zero, but... Anyway, okay. So the museum also has historical documents and police reports from that the first eyewitness accounts, and then... You know, newspaper clippings, photographs, all kinds of stuff from UFO activity, Mothman sightings, the bridge collapse. Outside of the museum, I think 
on the main street that goes through this tiny town is a 12-foot chrome-polished Mothman statue. Yes. I would 100... Let me take a selfie with Mothman. No, I've heard about that. I don't know why I have. Maybe I've actually just seen a picture of it or someone I know has, like, been there or something. But, yeah, I've, like, seen pictures of, like, chrome Mothman statue, and I'm like, good. That's how you know you're doing good things. Mothman Festival, here we go, is an annual event celebrated the third weekend of September in Point Pleasant, which half the time is when my birthday is. And people come to celebrate Mothman. It's canceled this year, obviously. If you, if we make a Patreon right now, we will start collecting funds to make this happen next year. I also have received documentation from Hope uh, that the episode of Bob Strikers is named the Bell Cheese, and yeah, the map is literally just like butt what? cheeks <laughs> with like three three little pellets falling out of it, yeah. falling betwixt the cheeks. It's supposed to be rocks. It's 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 boop. It's, it's little turdlets, but it also so, is very cute. It's a good episode. I highly recommend you go back and binge watch some Bob's Burgers. I probably will do that, actually. It's a good show. It's such a good show. The festival is described as a festival meets paranormal conference meets Comic-Con meets street fair. Why wouldn't you want to do any of that, honestly? I thought you were going to say street fighter, which I think I'd want to do more. Oh, like I mean, all obviously. of these other things, and then just Street Fighter, like punch your friends. Guest speakers of the paranormal environment variety. I almost said environment, whatever. So not only Mothman, but Bigfoot, UFOs, stuff like that, all speak at Mothman Festival. Vendors go to sell arts and crafts, and there's merch and food trucks. Pretty much all Mothman slash cryptid themed. Um, regular festival things like bands, face painting, street performers, hopefully some fire breathers and sword jugglers, you know, whatever. Spice it up a little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there are bus tours to the TNT area that we talked about. The Ghostbusters show up there with the Stay Puffed Marshmallow. It's just a group that dresses up as Ghostbusters in their free time, and they go to festivals and stuff on the weekends. And you give money to them, and they donate all the money to, like, children's charities. Aww. So that's very wholesome. Yeah. There is Garrison Corellia, the 501st Star Wars Legion. They make appearances. Oh, the realist. Yep. They make appearances. Uh, you know, there's people dressed up as stormtroopers. There's a Darth Vader. There is someone dressed up as a Mothman mascot, just walking around for you to take selfies with. Much like Willie during the pre-football game bar crawls. Willie the Wildcat is the K-State Wildcats mascot. He's like <laughs> anthropomorphic, he's got a huge head, and you, there's weird requirements to be him. Yeah, it really, it does stress me out that he's like regular person body, giant, giant head. wildcat head. So big. Also, like, backing up a little bit, uh... Cool 501st fact, one of our friends, Will Feathers, a friend of the cast, is in the 501st, so he, I don't know, does he still have his suit? He had his suit at, uh, at one point. I don't know what happened to it. Huge Star Wars fan. Real cool thing. Real cool person to know. Speed this back forward. Keep going. Other than that, there is also a math, a moth, a, a math man. <laughs> A math man is actual a, a bad omen. I don't want to see. I'll fight math man. <laughs> yeah, math man is terrifying. 
Uh, there's a Mothman app. I pulled it up in my app store. I was going to download it just to check it out, but then I got distracted. But it looks like it just has stuff about the museum and the festival and whatever in it. So uh, if you're really into Mothman, download the app, I guess. There's not a whole lot of Mothman in pop culture in actual... There are a lot of songs inspired by or about Mothman, but like... I think the most popular band that I saw on the list was Blue Oyster Cult, and I didn't. I don't think I recognize any of the others. Um, and then there's the Mothman Prophecies, of course. But other than that, there's just like some documentaries, and that's about it. That he's not in Scooby Doo anywhere. He's not in Supernatural. You know, like our normal places where we get pop culture stuff. Yeah, he Typically, should be in Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo and pop culture, yeah. Is he or in Scooby Doo and Supernatural? No, I don't think so. Wow, hot dog <laughs> record time. That's all I got on Mothman. Um, hot dog sorry. says, "Here's my butthole." Yeah, sorry for that sound. Have um, some pink eye. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't go back to Mothman dancing like Jimmy Jr. No, you didn't. I okay. Remembered. I meant to look this up again, and then I forgot. I like got done with my notes, and then I forgot to go back to it. But I very vividly remember sometime last year, I was listening to Last Podcast on the Left. They read out loud a piece of Mothman erotic fan fiction. Yes. And it was fucking amazing. It took place, it must have been written right after or during like the Chicago sightings because it was set in Chicago. It was like this girl, I think it went up to meet Mothman at the top of the Sears Tower and there was some Mothman intercourse <laughs> and it was very explicit nice. and I will see if I can find it over the next few days and I'll send it to the group chat so oh, we can yes. put it in the in the episode description when we when we post about it. Please. I love I don't like uh, read fan fiction it's and I don't weird. Yeah, I don't, like, read erotic novels for, like, fun or pleasure, really, but I do derive pleasure from, like, flipping through, like, books like that and just reading a paragraph. Like, it's so funny oh, to me yeah. to have no context and just read, like, his mothy wings beat harder than the, than the, than the, uh, my heart and my chest and, you know, stuff like that. There's so it many dumb ones. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I will probably I wish I read that for fun. Yeah, I, for fun. I wish I would have pulled it up preemptively remembered to so that I could have read an excerpt <laughs> very awkwardly. Moth man. Oh, read it. Coming in clutch. Okay. It's gonna be episode 373. It's creepypasta number 14. That's that's where to find I think Henry reading some Mothman erotica fanfiction. Heckin' yeah, my dudes. Ooh. That's all we got for this episode. Listen to Last Podcast on the Left, episode 373, Fanfic 14, if you'd like to learn a little bit more about Mothman between the sheets. Otherwise, you can contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram by searching Broadcast from the Belfry into that search bar. Sorry about that weird pause. I'm thirsty because instead of a drink, I once again have been eating pasta this entire time. You can also email us at broadcastfromthebelfry at gmail.com. Uh, you can also use the link tree in the description to see all the places you can contact us and all the places you can listen. Uh, please leave a like, subscribe, rate, 
all of those cool things. It helps with the algorithm, which I do not understand, but all the other podcasters I listen to say that it helps a lot, and I trust them. I They would never lie to me. They're all my dad. Um, thank you to Marshall <laughs> for making our super sweet intro. You make it sound super professional. I have told Hope a hundred times that our podcast intro is the only podcast intro that I can consistently listen to and be happy about it because I'm a neurotic person. Um, and that's because he's so dang talented. So thank you, Marshall. You're doing the good work. Oh, uh, if you, once again, Lovecraft Country is coming out once a week. If you are listening or watching that show, jot down some questions or not and email them to us. Keep them to yourself and share them all out at the end. But know that we are going to do a full Lovecraft Country cast in a couple of weeks. We are very excited. We hope you're enjoying that show in addition to enjoying ours because we love talking to and around and at you guys. Yeah. At you. Talking at you. It's kind of what it really is, but like it's it sounds sure. better when I say talking to. It's more fun. More f- yeah, fun for um, the whole family. Also, don't forget to send in your fan group name suggestions. Oh yeah, I knew I was yeah. forgetting something. Man, by the time I, I remember to put all of these things in the description, it's not going to matter. Like, they're all going to be over. So, yeah, if you have any thoughts or ideas about what you would like to be called, what we should call the listeners, please let us know. That'd be awesome. Oh, I watched Midnight Colony. I think that's the name of it. Um, watched the first and the last episode. Show made me cry. Everyone watch that whenever you figure out what the actual name of it is, because I don't know. Uh, Georgia, do you have any other announcements and thoughts and feelings regarding Mothman? And the the cool listener listenerinos, Midnight Gospel is the name of the show. Yeah, never mind. Show's great, and the guy podcasts. That's what we do. But he puts his head like into a weird like butt thing, and it like simulates. What? Yeah, it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot to it's a lot to take in at one time. Much like his butt thing. Um. Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts or announcements? <laughs> no. What do we say to these cool Mothman appreciating listeners of this podcast? Thanks for listening and stay spooky. Four foot six tall man with weird eyes slut. Hey,